Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the FBL Hangover podcast where we raised the bar and lowered the tone all things FBL related. This week folks we've got a very special bonus episode for you. A season review or inaugural season review. We've finished our first fucking season of this podcast. It's done and dusted. Seamus has got another episode to stick the knife in, twist it a little bit more and sitting here beside me he's got an eager look in his face. Seamus my friend how are you doing? How dare you suggest I twist the knife? No, this is a review episode. This is a happy place. You know, I think I got all my digs in like over the course of 40 previous episodes. So I think it's happy if you're reviewing a winning season. Yes. Yeah, it is. I mean, I still feel a bit sour mm. how that I finished outside the top 20. Okay? Well, I'll tell you this, Chavis. A pod by season review, though, you don't be. I'm not one for stats and one for looking back uh, in depth at analysis, but obviously with this season review on our hands, I was going, do you know what? I'm going to have an old gander at what we got up to. And uh, I looked at your season, and I believe in game week 32, or in and around that, you were at your lowest of the season. No, you had, that was my second lowest. You're thinking that yeah. uh, week where it's 61k? 61k, man, that's down yeah. there. My, uh, I think in game week. Eight was my lowest rank of the season. I went down to ninety-one k. That's when the ranks are a bit more volatile. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was my second lowest rank. That was definitely my lowest rank. That was only the second time I was outside the top fifty k all season. I think that's what I mean in terms of like significance and how much it meant to climb from that rank to where you got in the end. I was like, that's actually not no. bad. Now I can see why you'd be a little pissy because I also saw that you didn't in the last two game weeks you went from 13k to yeah. 22 that's so, why I'm annoyed yeah. uh, because I kind of done a lot of great work to get my rank back to where it was and I'll discuss it more with how my season went in you know this probably in, in a, this episode in, in this episode <laughs> in the disappointments <laughs> section um, but like when I look back at it I spent four weeks in the top 10k this season 19 weeks in the top 20k that includes those four weeks obviously Fair so like that's half the season in the top 20k now the fact I finished 22k probably tells you that's mm. about right because 19 weeks inside the top 20k 19 weeks outside the top 20k and I, I finished around 22k so I get you probably stag- fair but I, I would have just loved to have just been like 19 and a half k yeah I get you no I get you stagnation a little bit would kind of eat, eat at you especially I mean it's I think it's unfair to say it's like stagnation a little bit because when I look at it and I you know you started the fucking season we look back at game week one you started the season on what was it 5k yeah, yeah. My highest, K. my highest game week rank of the season. So was fuck you! Point. I was looking at that going, oh my god! I was like, all downhill from there. All downhill. I was like, okay, five k. He's had a pretty good fucking start to build on, and you maintained it, and you had your ebbs, you had your flows. But I think um, I can understand why you'd be maybe a tiny bit miffed that you finished outside the top twenty k. Top twenty k, because you know, looking at your season, I think you probably this is up there with you know your best, and it is, I suppose, overall score wise. It's my third best uh, finish in the FPL season, so it's, yeah. it's pretty good. It's it pretty is. good. I had a top 5k finish. I had a top 500 finish. I remember that. That was amazing. So those two were like kind of outliers. Yeah. The top 500 finish was amazing. Finished the top 1,000. Yeah. Um, that was only what, three seasons ago? Again. There's a chance you'll never get there. Yeah, that was three seasons ago. And, uh, Deal yeah. with that comment, Shane. I don't think uh, I don't think I will get there again. <laughs> no, uh, if I, I got If I got like top... 10k next year be delighted um, obviously you want to just get as high as possible so you're always trying to that season I finished top 500 I like, saw a couple of people bitching this year like on, on Twitter of course so I mean obviously you take it with a pinch of salt but I saw some people bitching that they finished like 8.5k I was like go fuck yourself <laughs> I know I know, you, know? you can't give out because of that because you can always identify 
weeks where you're like well jesus uh if i just did this now i would have had a good week and you're going to make mistakes over 38 weeks that season i finished that high i think not only was i getting the marginal cause right i was just kind of getting like a difference between oh i might captain this guy who got eight points no instead i'll captain this guy who got 15 points i was getting i was captaining my highest scoring player every week yeah um and you know, there's, there's, I was I was not making silly mistakes. Uh, guys, I got out went out of form. Guys, I got in. I got in just before I hit form. Everything was kind of going my way, and it's you just need a small bit more luck than obviously to finish in the, yeah. the top hundred or whatever. I think that's definitely like you can give as much credit as you want to you know uh, really high finishes and stuff. And you know, don't be don't get me wrong, like that is uh, an accomplishment. But like it's consistency that you're measured on overall. And I mean someone that's consistently finishing in up in high positions they're the ones that you know every year kind of ha- just need that bit of luck of the green I think yeah, to kind of rub it the green to kind of go that little bit further and get that 10 inside 10k inside 5k finish yeah. but that season that 500 I look back at that when I look at your your game his, your game week history or whatever overall history I'm like Jesus Christ like that's that's something that you know I wish I could remember more about it <laughs> yeah it I wish so I could remember what did I do to <laughs> that season I didn't analyze it like I was Ronaldo it, in the league I took <laughs> it seriously no it wasn't this was only uh, this was only a few years ago Suarez was in the I think it might have been the year Suarez and Sturridge and everyone was ripping it up okay um, might have been his final season it may not have been either way you yeah. fucking nailed it that season yeah. and you know what I think uh, for better or for worse you nailed it this year as well uh, I didn't uh, have such a good season I said it last week it's my my worst season in a decade almost and uh, you know 70k I'm still not that disappointed in it even though it's like oh fuck I should be way way more disappointed but I think uh, having the pod kind of took my mind off it a bit and it was like you know give me a kind of a reason outside of my own score to yeah. kind of look forward to FPL and to look forward to this season review uh, and looking back at it I think the first thing we wanted to do and the first thing we're going to discuss tonight is our FPL's team of the season yeah the 11 players the formation if we could just kind of pay homage to anyone that made a bit of a difference to our team or opened their eyes a bit this year whether they were in it or not what was your FPL team of the season and uh, Seamus as the winner and victor I would like you to go first and call out who what your formation is what your team is and then I'll do the same and we'll break it shit down from break there. it down alright so the restrictions that we had here was there's only going to be we can only have three players from any one three. team like yeah. you wouldn't in, too easy you know, yeah. uh, which basically means you know what Man City players and what Liverpool players are those, those are the first decisions I kind of went with um, so as a result of going for three City and three Liverpool couldn't go for their keeper um, and the rest of the keepers were kind of underwhelming they were all much the same mm-hmm. um, before you, you break it down position position yeah. I want to hear what your formation is okay formation I'm going with is 4-4-2 four, 4-4-2 four, 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 four at the back like four at the okay. back it was definitely a season for 4 at the back mm-hmm. um, you could even make an argument for 5 at the back but uh, I went 4-4-2 four, four, in goals I settled for Pickford who had a fine season Everton finished the season really strongly uh, he ended up getting 161 points not bad which is only like eight points less than Ederson for, you know, considerably cheaper. Uh, he started the season at 5.0, ended the season actually less. He ended at 4.9, kept 14 clean sheets, lots of save points. Um, so, yeah, I gave him the nod and goals because couldn't choose Ederson or Allison anyway. And uh, the reason I couldn't pick Allison is I went for two Liverpool defenders, Robertson, and I went with Trent. Okay. And I felt a bit bad leaving out Van Dyke. Um, who scored more than Trent but I just felt like had Trent played those other games or if the season been another three or four weeks longer 
um, Trent would have been probably the top goal scorer in the entire defense uh, defender in the game, mm. and maybe even outtaken Robertson because just the way his form was at the end the last five game weeks was blistering. It was crazy, uh, and he's definitely going to be one of those players I'm be looking at for game week one next year. So Robertson, I hate it, Robertson. If, if they're if the they same could, price, I'll go Robertson. Yeah. If they're point, if he's point five cheaper, I'll go Trent. Well, that's the big question: is like what the prices are going so to be. So we'll see the points, and, and we'll save all that for you know, yeah. obviously next season two, and when we're going to approach it. But I've thought about that. It's like you know, when it comes down to Trent and Robertson next year, where's your allegiance? Is not yours, but where's one's allegiance is going to lie? And uh, it's interesting that you're thinking like, if you have, if they're both the same price, I'm going Trent. No, if they're both the same price, I'll probably go Robertson. Oh, really? Uh, if they're the same price, um, actually, I don't know. I, I, God, I don't know. I don't know. You're breaking we'll my hat. We're leaving out Van Dyke here, but we'll get to that. But yeah. We'll get to that. So I've got Robertson, Trent. Uh, the other two defenders in my back four are Emmerich Laporte for Man City. Three goals, three assists this season, along with eighteen clean sheets. Um, yeah, and he just started picking up all the bonus points towards the end of the season when City were keeping it tight. I think next season. What I gotta remember is at the start of the season, City will probably be their, you know, attacking best. They'll have that attacking flow going on there. So I think uh maybe at the start of the season there mightn't be too many bonus points for Laporte unless he's in amongst the goals. Some of his assists were very lucky. Um so really it's only goals you really want him for. And uh if they're winning four three or four nil and he's not getting anything, then he's not gonna get any bonus. But towards the end of the season, when they're closing out games and keeping it tight, that's the time for bonus. So Robertson Laporte, who's your third defender? Uh, fourth defender and Trent and oh, my fourth defender is Lucas Dean he snuck in interesting, there interesting. and I went with Lucas Dean as a fourth defender instead of going with Callum Wilson as a third attacker so spoiler alert Callum Wilson is not my team of the year um, Lucas Dean was just amazing and consistent not while I had him in my team he was all over the place when I had him in my team he was getting 10 points one week he was getting minus two the next he, got a, he ended up with 158 points fantastic finish to the season four goals five assists 13 clean sheets now it does feel a bit like overkill having two Everton defenders in there it does but man what of it uh, moving on to well, I'll give you what of it <laughs> moving on to my midfield uh, my midfield they kind of speak for themselves these four players Mane Sterling Hazard and Fraser mm-hmm. could break it down into statistics if you want but like Mane Sterling and Hazard all got over 230 points uh, Mane was the cheapest he started off the season at 9.5 uh, Sterling 11 million Hazard 10.5 they're all going to have nice price hikes next season apart from Hazard mm-hmm. who will be not in the league probably if he's in the league though he will start off higher uh, and my fourth midfielder was a personal hero of mine this season uh, Ryan, Fraser, Ryan Fraser had him for the first 20 game weeks of the season got me a bucket of points 180 points in the season he ended up with he only started off at 5.5 yeah so I think Fraser's a solid pick. But that brings you to your two strikers. Two strikers, uh, Jimenez and Aguero. Fair enough. At the expense of Wilson, as I said. I went with Dean in defence um, over Wilson, even though Wilson did end up with more points. But Dean was a good one million cheaper. There wasn't that much difference in the price. And uh, I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised. I think I would have definitely gone with the Bournemouth. See, it was basically like, do you double up on everything defence or do you double up on Bournemouth, Bournemouth attack? attack? Uh, what meant the most to you this season? I think on your own personal FPL season, it would by far and above be Bournemouth's attack. But, mm. I mean... But Wilson, the reason what swayed it for me, because it was a bit of a coin flip, uh, was that basically Wilson 
was a prick anytime he was in my team this season and just he blanked when you didn't want him to blank and he scored goals and when See, they, were away from, they, were, they were terrible away from home and then all of a sudden Wilson turned into this kind of like oh he's brilliant away from home kind of player so yeah. I had him for that period remember he was just like well basically you at Fraser which was uh, keeping all of my Wilson points kind of at a yeah. you know at a fucking hands reach away but um, I had him for that period where he was pretty much untouchable hands reach, hands reach away is not very far at all is it well that's how far it was it's like that's, what I know a hands it's reach about away a hand four inches that's about a far away you kept me James I'm sorry <laughs> I refuse to say arms reach because at that time it was far closer yeah no, true you caught me up and looking at my FPL team of the season yours. I don't know if you can hear the paper crinkling but oh we can it's rare it's rare for me to have actual paper <laughs> in my hand and I do and I even wrote it out in a formation style which you didn't and I'm very disappointed in you wrote it in a list fashion yeah it is I think that says a lot about you and me I'm a list kind of guy you're a list kind of guy and I'm uh pretty messy yours, you looks, yours looks much nicer though I like it do you like it it looks yeah, like I think it actually looks like an actual the formation though it wouldn't work you don't like the formation no. okay well let me explain it before you judge me too harshly and let everyone else judge me more harshly okay. and uh, my formation this week was 352 uh, or this week for season. my FPL I, do, I wasn't going to correct you but no no I'll correct it was. It was three five two. I struggled long and hard. I think like the fact that we can only pick three from uh, each team is what left me thinking. Mm-hmm. And when I started, I was kind of going. I just listed out the players that were in it, no matter what. That was how I went with it. I was same. Like, These are my players. And I was like, they're exactly in there. And then I kind of focused on kind of narrowing it down a bit. And I went with the same goalkeeper as you, Ederson. No, I. Oh, uh, you switched. I went to Pickford because. Uh, oh my god. I went for three. You have fucked up this whole show. It's just gone in the bin. We just started again. I fucked up. Yeah. You fucked up by changing your entire fucking team. Just changed my goalkeeper. <laughs> and I, I was, for the record, I was going to omit Aguero for Wilson yeah. on my team. Yeah, I but it's... I said, no, I can't omit Aguero. So uh, I dropped Ederson then on goals and I put in Pickford. Well, because the abuse I gave you instantly, I was like, what? Yeah, and I agued with you. I agreed yeah, with you. you did. And you can, you so you've got Ederson and goals instead. I went Ederson. I went Ederson. So <laughs> instead of Laporte, you've gone Ederson. Okay. I went exactly because I could only have three city players and I wasn't too sure where to go with it. But I went Ederson and goals. My back three were Robertson, Aaron Bissaka, and Doherty. So a cheap ass back three. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to skin out there, which kind of will break down how you know different that is to yours. Yeah. And then I went heavy in midfield. I went Mane, Hazard, Sterling, Salah, Fraser. He was my TB. I totally agree with everything he said. I think he's been fantastic. It's a pity that he most likely won't be with Bournemouth next uh, season. But uh, yeah. he's going to be bought. He could very well could. I'm here in Arsenal. That's what I'm hearing uh, on the grapevine. That he might be going to. Arsenal. Might actually give us a midfield option in the Arsenal team. In, yeah, for a fucking change. But uh, Mane, Hazard, Sterling, Salah, Fraser, they're my midfield, and I went with Jimmy and Aguero up front. Okay, so, so we have team. basically four. Uh, sorry, we have four of the same midfield. Obviously. Uh, I went four four two. So my four midfielders are all in your team, and my two strikers are in your team as mm-hmm. well. So so where our difference lay is basically in the defense. I went Trent over Salah. Yeah, which is a big uh, a big decision. Do you want to talk me through what made that in your brain? Uh, um. I just just how <laughs> I just think uh, double. I've had it for a few weeks this season. Double Liverpool defense um, was brilliant all season mm. uh, I think that Mane mostly covered Salah's points obviously barring what was the difference in between, in the end maybe maybe 30 points or something like that Yeah. and uh, yeah I think you know for whatever he started off for 9.5 versus 13 million if you went all season with uh, Robbo Trent and Mane 
you could reinvest that so the money for Salah elsewhere. In like you could have had Sterling and like you've got that team there. You've got Mane, Hazard, Sterling, and Salah. That's an awful lot of money in midfield, as long with Aguero as well. Oh, you couldn't afford this in game week one. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, you could, but you couldn't afford your subs. Yeah. Do you get me? Yeah, yeah. But I don't give a fuck. The idea yeah, price this, wasn't really a factor in this. This is just basically performers on, on the season. So yeah, that who would I put in my team? Like, if I was to hand out a gong to 11 players next year and say, listen, lads, thanks for that. Now, you help me out a bit. Um, you know, here's what I would give you. Uh, yeah. This is who the team I'd have picked. And Salah, while he was the, obviously the good season, he was the top points, uh, FPL points goal scorer two seasons in a row. He did nine. Yeah, he didn't quite match what he got last year where he got over 300 points, but he still was a top point scorer in the game. Just based on his price, I would say he just about, you know, was worth it. I think, yeah, I think he'll be the same price next year if he stays as a midfielder. Do you think he will stay as a midfielder next year? I don't know because there was a significant portion of this season where he was basically a forward. But he got moved back. And then he got moved back onto the right-hand side, which in my opinion is kind of a forward position anyway, but I don't want to get into these things as well. Yeah, Yeah, because I've argued before how I think the likes of Hazard and all these guys when they're playing these attacking positions, especially when they can play the lone striker role, should should possibly be be classified as forwards. But at the end of the day, he is classified as a midfielder when he plays in the right wing. And he was playing on the right wing for a lot of this season, but yeah. he did move to that central forward position. Liverpool suffered because of that. Yeah, and they moved him back. Yeah, not just he didn't just move there for like four or five games. He was yeah. there for about ten, maybe even twelve games. It was a like significant that. portion. Um, Mane ended up kind of playing more of that position towards the end of the season, where I don't know if he was there in the last couple of games. I didn't analyze the average positions, but basically he was playing kind of center forward at least from like game week. 30 to like 35 or 36 mm. and uh, I don't think he's going to get a change in position I reckon they'll keep Salah the same as a midfielder for 13 million I'd be surprised if it went to 12.5 we're getting into price prices now for next season which yeah. we probably shouldn't speculate too much on but uh, I think he just about proved to be value but he to, to, to be worth what he was priced at but I don't think he proved to be good value. Whereas Hazard, Mane, Sterling and Fraser all were exceptional value for their prices here. Yeah, I agree. Which is why um, it was easier for me to omit him. I thought Trent and Robbo were exceptional value. That's why they made my team. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think the reason why I put Salah in my team is because of the comfortability he afforded me at the start of the season with captaincy. Being able mm-hmm. to rotate him in Aguero allowed me so much peace of mind in terms of like what my captain was going to be for the first 11 12 game yeah, weeks that, that, both of us did that for the first I think about 11. Yeah, 11 or 12 game weeks yeah. I broke it up I broke up the band in game week 8 for Harry Kane and he got me double one against Cardiff and I think I broke so. up the band for Hazard <laughs> like I know I couldn't break yeah. up the band if you'd done it but I did follow suit actually I believe the two of us went with different captains the week you went with Harry Kane I went with Hazard and both of them didn't deliver Oh really? Yes, yeah, you know. Looking back at the for the both time or the first time that both of us decided to stray from the path of the Aguero Salah rotation. Which had been serving us beautifully up yeah. for those first seven game weeks, yeah. Yeah. It did not work out. But I went with him for that. I think having him in my team it'd be the same next year when I look at whatever price he is, it'd be like he offers you this kind of ro- this almost FPL royalty uh, style of player where it's like you can feel safe captain in him I think the big thing this season and it was something that you couldn't predict and it was a question that was on a lot of people's minds at the start of the season was whether Mane could just you know uh, counteract 
Salah's price and points coverage yeah and uh, yeah no he did and that was the thing and I mean like it's easy to look back now and go he did uh, he did that point five yeah. very easily and I did, I said earlier in the season he wouldn't but he might for spells yeah Um. but god damn it he started off really good had his bit of a blank spell and was just he basically carried them for like a good few of those games when Salah was on a barren spell well if anything the bollocks could have done with passing it to Salah more because he got 22 goals 3 assists yeah. Salah got 22 goals Salah could 12 have, assists Salah could have had significantly more assists if he decided to pass to Mane a couple exactly. of times in the last few weeks as well but they were well, vying for the golden boot I'm delighted Mane caught him for the golden boot uh, um, in the last game of the season did he catch him? Yeah, he got two goals in the final game of this season. Yeah, I'm, I mean, like, I definitely feel that Mane had a standout season. I don't want to take a single thing away from him. Uh, but at the end of the day, I couldn't stray away from Salah. But I did look at the defence and, uh, you know, I put in two players there that you don't have in either of yours. And I think um, Wambasaka for me, was a, an easy enough pick. I think at 4 million, mm-hmm. 120 points, 35 game weeks, 3 assists, Fucking hell! Yeah. That's absolutely insane value. Yeah, you that, know? that's class. He uh, he came in at the start of the season. We both had him in our game week one squads. Surprisingly, we just did our homework, and he he was uh, looked to be set. He had a good preseason. He had a great preseason. He got a few games at the end of last season, and uh, I was impressed watching him in one game last year. I was like, oh, he looks kind of composed. But I I was so impressed with him the first couple of game weeks. He was on my bench in game week one with twelve points. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I couldn't argue against him as as a pick, but. Uh, I just had to have Trent and Robbo in there. And I just went with, um, what's his face, Laporte over Ederson. Yeah, no, no, fair just enough. Just how good Ed- Laporte was second half of the season, especially in the double game weeks. See, why I went with Ederson, you're kind of bringing me back there a little bit, which I'm happy to do. It's because I kind of skipped over the position. But why I went with Ederson was basically, this season, I did what I do every year. I picked two 4.5 uh, goalkeepers, two cheapies, and rotate them, mm-hmm. some with decent rotation. And this was the first season I went you know what I could have actually had just Ederson for the whole season he played fucking 38 game weeks he was uh, never present mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't figure out what EP meant on my notes there for about 24 hours and I've just realised it right now he was never present <laughs> uh, he played every fucking game week this season 20 clean sheets 169 points started at 5.5 I was like man if I had just done that that 0.5 that would have saved so 4.5 4.5 9 million with him, I would have went 5.5 and a 4. Yeah. So I, I would have been investing an extra 0.5. But the peace of mind that would I, I would have had, it's going to make me think twice next year. I'll be looking out for... I'm, I'm doing our team this, like the, the last few days in preparation for this pod. I was thinking the same thing, but I was thinking of it about Pickford. Mm. Pickford 5.0, which is 0.5 cheaper than Ederson started the season. was only 8 points of a difference over the course of the season. Even though what he had twenty clean sheets, Pickford only had fourteen clean sheets. But with save points and everything like that, mm. if Everton, or if I think Everton, or if I think you know Leicester, someone like Schmeichel, or a five point oh million keeper is going to do that, might you know just keep up the same kind of level of returns, I might be tempted to just boom set forget five point oh million. Yeah, keeper. I think your set and forget still can be five or five point five. I think if you're doing it. What I did is I got a 4.5 when I was in my team in game week one, two 4.5s, and I was like, right, these are going to rotate well for the first half of the season. And when I wildcard at whenever that is, I can get in somebody for the second half of the season. But now I'm thinking, like, if I just, if you just get that one keeper and just stick him in here and, com- like, use your transfers mm. on more important positions and 
might, that might be better. So it's something I'm going to look at next season. It is, and that's why I uh, that's why I went with Ederson is because he's the keeper that actually made me think twice about it. Uh, that strategy this year, yeah. but I thought it was worth mentioning Etheridge. Uh, yeah. Looking through the stats and stuff, and you definitely had him this year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he got 154 points. Yeah. So only fucking what 15 points less than Ederson. Yeah. But half the amount of clean sheets, ten clean sheets. But he saved three penalties. If he saved three penalties, he had a fucking insane season. So he almost makes me think. Well, I could have just been doing my 4.5s with Etheridge in my team. Yeah, and, uh, but you know, then you got You don't know when you're going to get the clean sheets. Right? Like, for example, they got a clean sheet against Man United in the final yeah, day of the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. So, just yeah, it, it's it's a tricky one. It's one we've been thinking about for seasons. What's the best strategy? And one we'll probably come back and analyze in our preseason pod. Uh, what were what our thoughts on the keeper situation is yeah but my final defender anyway uh, was Doherty as we mentioned and it was a man that I believe you omitted from your team of the season yeah and uh, you know I couldn't do it I thought um, I don't know how much of it was the fear that he put in me every week uh, and how much of it was like the fact that he's an Irishman but uh, a bit of both I was happy to go you know what fuck that I'm cheaping up my defence this year and I want Doherty I think he's attacking uh, potential for the price he put in this season for the price he was this season is absolutely insane yeah. watching him in match of the day or on match of the day most weeks you're going like he could have like how many times did he hit the post how many times yeah. was like he just he four goals and it could have been significantly more and it was more in the cups he actually yeah. scored probably as many goals in the cups that's the thing is like when you look at these cup runs like he had a fucking amazing season yeah so I wanted him on my team as I said I wanted to personalize a little bit and he's someone that I thought you know uh, made a name for himself this year and yeah. made a name for himself in the Wolves team so he's my third uh, defender and his starting price man at 4. the start 5. of the season 4.5 fucking hell man see I went at the start of the season I went with Bennett uh, who was another I went with two four point zeros, mm. Bennett and Wambasaka. so having Bennett meant I couldn't like it was easy to not upgrade to Doherty because I knew I had his clean sheets covered yeah. it was like what is his attacking returns what could he produce uh, and you know by the time I realised uh, what the fuck he was capable of he was slowing down again you know yeah. so it, it was too late at that stage but for the value he's in my fucking team and uh, yeah no I agree everything you said about Fraser moving on to the midfields uh, I agree with everything you said as Fraser going back and looking at the, the tree that we had in common well outside of Fraser Mane, Hazard and Sterling Mm-hmm. I think we're going to be breaking down Mane a bit more tonight because I have a lot more to say about that chap uh, I completely agree with what you said for the price he was this season 9.5 it's like oh well that was his standout season I don't know if he's going to if he's going to top what he got this season especially considering he's probably going to be at a more you know a more reasonable price next year with like 10.5 10 you know compared to what he did mm-hmm. not reasonable but you get me appropriate uh, Hazard I was surprised actually when I was looking at his overall points I was going do you know what I didn't expect him to have such a such a good season. Such a good season. I was like, yeah. actually, that was great. Sixteen goals, fifteen assists. I had to in go, thirty-two games. I had to go back on my word. I was saying all the first half of the season, he's a punk. I can't have him. Blah blah blah. And look, I had to go back on my word. Yeah. Just like I, I think uh, I'm gonna pull it up here now in a minute if I can actually find the scores here. But uh, you just you bladder on there for a second. I bladder on. He basically, I if I am correct saying this, I think he had more points this season than any of his other previous seasons the, the season a few years back where he had his biggest price hike 
pretty sure he's got more points than he this season. So, but he was just such a fucking focal point for Chelsea in terms of attacking points. Is like most years they have some kind of forward, yeah. they have a they have someone else robbing some of the points off him. This year, man, there was no one but fucking Hazard if you're looking at Chelsea, and especially if you're looking outside the back four. Two hundred and thirty-eight points he scored this week mm-hmm. or this season, and uh, he's that's his best ever score. He had two hundred thirty-three in the fourteen-fifteen season. Two hundred twenty-four two seasons ago. So, so that well, that's one of the reasons why I went five midfield because I think one of the reasons Hazard was overlooked this year, or not overlooked because he wasn't overlooked, but you know, slightly understated, mm. was because you had the likes of Mane, fucking Salah, Sterling. Mm-hmm. Worth noting that Sterling had never had more than twenty-five percent this season ownership. That's crazy. Isn't that never mental? Yeah, because never had more than one four players. Hazard, Hazard always had like at one stage, Hazard was just like. 40% owned or something yeah. like that everyone was having Hazard and I didn't have Hazard and then everyone got sick of Hazard and then I got Hazard in but Sterling 11.0 started off the season uh, he scored the exact same as he did last year give or take uh, 17 goals yeah. 15 assists never more than 1 in 4 people owning the cunt yeah. so I mean like when you look at Sterling Mane even Salah Salah might be less than last year last year but like you know compared yeah, to most people that's still an amazing he's still the season. top point scorer for two seasons in a row yeah it's not surprising to see Hazard kind of slightly understated this year but no that's why I want five in midfield I wanted Hazard in by the there. way uh, we all recognise that Sterling had an amazing season last season he had five points more this season than last season um, yeah even though he had uh, less goals and less assists one less goal uh, two less assists but he had more clean sheets and probably more bonus or something but essentially the same as last year Seamus. yeah but he's consistent <laughs> but, <laughs> that's you know, the, that's it's exactly the word I've highlighted here Seamus consistency oh. uh, also worth noting with Sterling though he missed a lot of easy games this season Huddersfield Cardiff yeah Do you know these he are games that if like imagine he played games. these fucking things he only played 31 game weeks yeah home games Do you know he only played 31 game weeks missed a lot of easy home games that's yeah. something that I don't know if it will affect me much next season because I think he showed this year that he can keep a consistent uh, level of points yeah but it's worth noting it's worth having in the back it, of your head especially if you're thinking of your captaincy do you know yeah it was the reason I captained him in game week 37 actually was because uh, him and Aguero Aguero obviously is brilliant at home not so good away from home and the easy games where obviously Sterling wasn't going to be rested when they, knew they were going for the title anyway but uh, Sterling was rested more at home I was like I looked I saw that I noticed it and I was like oh well there's no chance he's going to be rested here so if Sané does get a home, a start it's probably going to be a home game mm-hmm. Um, you know that could be the game Sterling gets rested or exactly know, and Maris. it's worth noting as I said Sterling especially when you look at Maris is what he had a goal of the season contender there at the end of it um, worth noting Andres Townsend's goal against City won yeah. uh, goal of the year at least officially and um, great goal a fantastic goal and so was Mars in uh, Game Week 38 and uh, yeah he's going to be someone that I can imagine you know doing what he did at the end of the season kind of pushing for like it's going to well, I think Sané could be gone you think Sané could be there's gone? talk about him going to is it Bayern Munich well if people don't like his shit and Bayern Munich just lost Robin and uh, I think Pep, I think you know Bayern Munich need players I think Pep is kind of doesn't he's kind of sick of his attitude um which was weird because going back to game week 25 where he was just dropped and everyone knows what happened in game week 25 he got one point from two games mm-hmm. uh, that, before that he was playing pretty much every game and then he only, he didn't play 60 minutes once in the next five games after that so I mean he was just out of nowhere yeah out of nowhere just timing was, was, was terrible as it turned out in FPL but 
it pretty much continued on from. I think yeah, I think next. Sorry, uh, I was just going to say I think next season could be more of the same. Yeah, exactly. Well, I agree with you. I think uh, it carried on from what was a pretty shitty uh, summer for Sane, and worth noting that this season was a World Cup. Uh, you know, a post World Cup FPL season. Yeah. So that would have affected some decisions at the start of the season. Stuff that we'll talk about, you know, as we kind of talk through the show. But before we wrap up our teams of the season, I wanted to talk about uh, the forwards. And we both went with two up front. And that means there's a big question. And it's one that I've heard touted around the community a bit, especially coming, uh, you know, up to the end. Is the third striker dead? Is the third striker dead? No, no, it's not because it, you know, that's the perfect spot to get your four million Camara in there yeah. or something like that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But success. in general, in terms of like, if you could like, because you know, before we've often played it where we had a four million defender that wasn't even playing. I think if you're going premium striker, uh, and you know, a mid price or budget striker alongside him, like you know, Jimenez and Aguero, if you're doing that, yeah, the third striker's dead. But I think if you're going. I think there is a very viable strategy. Mm-hmm. Instead of like just going no premium strikers, um, you'll see some managers do it where they'll just have three strikers and they will rotate which two strikers have the better fixtures or who's informed and stuff like that. So there is something to be said for that. Like you could have Jimenez, Wilson, and then you could have somebody alongside them like Danny Ings or Rondon. Yeah. Um, so it's not dead if you're playing it that way. Well, dead in terms of where it was, because like coming up to this season, it was always a case of you had your three strikers, you had four midfielders if they were there, uh, or five if they were there, and four and a and a cheapie if you could, and it was basically like the three strikers was never in doubt. Do you know, yeah. it was basically two premium: your Harry Kane, your Aguero, your fucking Lukaku's, your whoever, um, and a tur- and a cheapie. And this season, it's like the two strikers that we've picked. One of them started the fucking season at five point five. Yeah. yeah, do you know that's crazy, crazy. Yeah. for me looking back at what we've done previously, like pfft, looking I, at that. Yeah. No, I mean you're making a strong argument. I think going forward next season, I think my third striker game week one is going to be a dead player. A dead player. Yeah, I think it's going to be somebody who's just like I'm. I'm not looking to play at all. It's going to be somebody who's just stuck there on my bench for like basically like what's his name Dale Stevens was that his first that name was Dale. Dale yeah yeah Stevens there who was on my bench for the first I had him for the first 20 games of the season didn't play him once once he nearly came off my bench with minus two yeah but brilliant. didn't quite um, I started the season with Dale Stevens just so you know just in my make did you better. I did look to my game week one team oh. he was in there and okay well look that's a brilliant segue <laughs> to because uh, we wanted to kind of have a quick look back on our game week one teams didn't we just we to did. see how, uh, how they, they went because yeah, I mean, that was probably one of the highlights of my season, my game week one. Yeah, so. your game week one was fucking amazing, and we discussed it at the top of the show, and yeah. it was like... Starting off with a 100-point score. <sighs> Triple-digit fucking score. You got four of them this season. It took you another 30 fucking weeks to get your second one, <laughs> and then you followed it up with two more before the end of the yeah, season. Didn't matter. F- three and five. Still dropped days. 10K in the last two <laughs> game weeks, so fuck you. Uh, <laughs> but, um, Thank you, Jer. You're welcome. I gotta have some bit of fucking fun. Uh, no, either way, looking back at our game week ones, it wasn't a brilliant intentional segue. Uh, so tell me more about your game week one, because I actually have, I've looked at mine in mm-hmm. the research for this again, uh, so I have a good idea of that, but I can't remember what your game week one team was like at all. What would you think was my game week one team? I know it was quite similar to mine, 
I know we had like a lot of we players. We had a crazy similar team. Yeah, we did. We well, did. What was the differences? Oh, you had Luke Shaw. I had Luke Shaw, who had a fucking fantastic game week one. Unlike his game week 37 and 38, he got an 11 point haul, fucking double digits. I think it was uh, his first goal for United. And uh, three bonus points. Oh, Jesus. And I believe yeah, they yeah. can, like, I'm not 100% sure, but I think Leicester scored in the last three minutes that match. So, uh, oh, yeah, I think yeah, the season, they Leicester, late. yeah, they scored late. So, Luke Shaw was one of my uh, early picks, and yeah, he uh, he got me in a nice 11 points. I mean, I don't want to go into too much, but my fucking defense was killer. I had Luke Shaw, 11 points, Robertson, 11 points, Wan Bissaka, 12 points. Did you start Wan Bissaka? There's my fucking team in front of you, 12 points. And who's that? Is that Bertrand? That's Bertrand with six, Jesus. Begovic with six. Clean sheets all around That's savage defense, yeah. Yeah, crazy. Okay, And go on. the rest of my team, not bad. I mean, Bernardo Silva, eight points. You know, yeah. fucking he had a great season. The reason, before I continue, the, the reason we wanted to look at a game week one teams was to see if these players went on to have successful seasons. So, like, yeah. looking back, you can easily look at Robertson uh, and Juan Bissaka. They had two, you know, really yeah. successful years. Definitely. Bertrand, eh, overpriced you're giving him the middle finger there now I'm giving him the middle finger because kind of deserved he it was injured for a lot of it but Southampton defensively were shite but we didn't know that at the time he did and in game week one he was fine so I wouldn't go you know raving about Bertrand in my team I think I just had an extra 0.5 million and he didn't stay for long did he? he didn't and uh, with Luke Shaw I think he actually had quite a successful spell at the start of the season looking back and the first four game weeks he got in his assists when United were losing the clean sheets here yeah. and there but in general United didn't have for, such a great season for a while uh, Luke Shaw looked like a really good option yeah. um, but then as you said the wheels fell off Marino's wagon and, uh, and then Solskjaer came in and yeah they just haven't been keeping sheets so I mean again he's not a player you had probably for too long although you were talking about getting him back in a few times and you never quite went for it did you? not till the end and uh, I didn't I wildcard in game week 4 or game week 5 but either way um, Bernardo Silva he had a fucking great season Uh, maybe not I feel wise Mm -hmm. compared to the fact that you can only have three fucking City players it's hard to get a Bernardo Silva in your team do you get me when you have the likes of Sterling Aguero and a City defender to choose from it's very hard to justify Silva but uh, we we started the season. We both started the season with him, and yeah. uh, he had a great fucking uh, a great week, eight points, and I think you know you know in all was a great season. But um, I'll start with Salah. We we know where the fuck Captain he is. Captain Salah, he got eight points that he week. He did. So he got 16. a goal, no bonus points. Started with Ericsson. Uh, not much out of him. Um, actually ended with Ericsson as well with a goal. So kind of. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you double booked the season with Ericsson. I did, and Luke Shaw. Uh, and Ericsson, as it turned out, by the end of the season, scored more points than Son. So, I mean, this is a poor season by Ericsson's standards, but he's still up there in the top midfielders, kind of scores in the top 10. Um, not a terrible, terrible season. And, uh, yeah, I guess, look, I mean, he just tipped away, didn't he? He um, did, he did. Didn't do anything for you in game week one, though. He, no, he didn't. He got two points. But Firmino, Zaha, and Aguero were my strikers. Aguero had a blank in game week one. But Zaha and Firmino both came out there with five and assist apiece. So we, I can look at your team there. And I can say, like, our teams are super similar. Super similar. I have the exact That's same... That's what I mean, I but this, laugh. I have the exact same strikers. Firmino, Zaha, and uh, Aguero. And Firmino uh, got the assist, and Zaha got a goal. Um, was it a goal? Was it yeah, a goal, but he also got a yellow card. This is when he was getting a yellow card every time he did got a goal. Remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah. That super annoying thing he was doing. So He, did, he still gets a yellow card because he's a passionate prick. So he didn't get any bonus that game. Uh, so, yeah... There was 12 points for my three strikers. Uh, I also had Bernardo Silva and I also Captain Salah. Now, where you went four at the back, I went three. 
So I had Fraser and Richarlison in my midfield, whereas you only had Ericsson. So that's where I got the other. And Fraser started off that see, that game with a goal and an assist. Uh, no, just a goal and three bonus points. They won 2-0. Yeah, 11 um, fucking points. 11 points. And Richarlison started off the season with two goals and three mm. bonus points uh, for 14 points. So like that was, boom, 25 points immediately you didn't have. Um, you also got a massive point haul though from Mendy. Yeah, which was another that was the thing. I started off the season with Mendy, I felt confident in him, 15 points in the first game week. Got two assists and three bonus points in a 2-0 win against Arsenal. Like, you're thinking Arsenal could be a tough game, but... But what does that mean going forward with Mendy? Like, you know his stance yeah. and the fall now between Pep and himself. So, it's like... TBD. TBD. To be... Determined. Dicked. To be dumped. <laughs> no, uh, I I don't know. I don't think I can start with him next season because he just played... Oh, of course. ...one not. game the entire second half of the season. He was always, like, ready or close It would to depend ready. on the... the the preseason, of course. It certainly seems like Pep doesn't like his attitude more so than I don't injury. Like his I, think. I don't like his goddamn attitude. I think it's because he's kind of casual and he's jokey and laughy. Mm. Now, you had one Basaka in your team last year. I actually started off with two Crystal Palace defenders uh, last year. I said three Crystal Palace players in my game week one team. Two Boom, of them defense. You knew it. Uh, I played Van Anholtz, who got 11 points. The actual uh, correct one to play would have been one Basaka who got um, 12 points, 12 points. Yeah. so yeah Vanano got an assist 11 points all three of my defenders got 11, 11 yeah. and 15 so that's a, that was a result and I also had Begovic in goals which seems bizarre right well, now I mean, for a Bournemouth goalkeeper like I remember looking at uh, my team and I the decision I made that night was to take Richarlison out and Mendy uh. out you know for Luke Shaw and fucking uh, Ericsson Ericsson. there oh. were the two decisions I made it was like Mendy and uh, Luke Shaw in, or uh, Mendy out and Charleston out for Luke Shaw and Ericsson and I said Luke Shaw kind of lessened the pain a bit yeah. but like there was a lot so that of was fucking points and straight away game week one that's down uh, 15 points it's like, 29 that. points versus 13 so you're down yeah. 16 points and Mendy continued to score mm-hmm more than Luke Shaw over the next few weeks and Richarlison scored I think the following week as well didn't he or he, he got an assist or something but looking back at the, the game week one teams and as we said the point of it was to kind of see you know was there any fucking oh my god can't believe I went with that player and you know what looking at your team looking at my team there's not a single player and I went nope Bar uh, Begovic and goals I think all those players had fine seasons Zaha went dry for a large spell in the middle but finished quite strongly yeah and other Van players Anholt, I'm not 100% certain on but he was still up there with defenders Richardson had his fucking horrible patch as well and Mendy with injuries and but they were matches. all good value exactly and uh, I don't think single mistake like I, don't, I wouldn't replace a single player you know like out of shame I felt Firmino had a poor season but like he still got a good few points you know he didn't have a terrible season. He got 160 points in the end, mm. which was, um, you know, that's up there. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. And you've inadvertently segued out of our uh, Game Week 1 teams and into our questions of the season. Season. If I had a delay pedal, we'd be sorted. Yeah, I probably do here somewhere in the Somewhere, room. yeah, but uh, not right now. So that brings us on to a section that neither of us have our answers to. This is going to be completely organic. Like the eggs I cooked this morning, Seamus, biggest disappointment of the season. Biggest disappointment of the season? There's a few. There is. I've got a few here that uh, I was thinking of. Um, Reverse cowgirl. One that I just thought of as we were, that I hadn't prepared that I was thinking of as we were looking at it. In game week six, you're talking about um, Doherty. Now, I got on Doherty after a while. Don't tell me Doherty is your biggest disappointment of the season. 
But in game week six, I went for Mitrovic and Bennett <laughs> over <laughs> Doherty and Wilson. I remember. And my God, over the next 10 game weeks, that must have cost me a good 60 points or so like that. It was costing me points every week. And Mitrovic, then I was hanging on to him. He went down a, he got a goal in the first week and I was like, oh, I made the right decision here. But every week thereafter, it was the other way around. And Bennett would get a clean, would get five points every time Wills kept a clean sheet because he would always get a fucking yellow. And then Doherty would get a clean sheet but also get an assist and get the three bonus as a result. So it was, uh, it was a bit of a disaster. So that's one of uh, the season uh, biggest disappointments. Are we talking about disappointments, players, or just in general? I thought we were talking about sex, and that's what I said <laughs> with Bruce Girl. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. It did that's why your list is so long. That's why it's so long. Yeah. Unlike that's my what penis. she said. Oh, damn. <laughs> we um, both other side. Yeah. So, no, I mean, the biggest things there, okay. So, that was one disappointment. I also have to look at selling Trent Alexander Arnold on my wildcard in game with 34. <laughs> It was a terrible decision. Yeah. <laughs> he went on and scored 54 points in the last five games of the season that I lost out on. That's like 11 points per game for almost. Yeah. No, average. no, I was laughing my balls off. And I, also, like, I was going to get him in for the double game week. Yeah. Uh, I was like, no, I'll go with Mane instead but, of uh, Trent. And if I just... Because well, I was getting rid of Mane, that was the thing. Well, see, Liverpool... Yeah, I had triple Liverpool, okay? And Liverpool weren't playing in the double game week in 35. So I was like, do I, I want to get an extra double game week player in there, maybe? So I said, I'll keep Robbo over Trent. And that was purely because I had Robbo from game week one. I was like, he's going to be a season keeper. I'm going to keep him. Um, I thought Trent could get rotated, you know, at some stage, you know, to be rested for the Champions League or something like that. But Liverpool didn't keep, didn't drop any points, and it was just so close in the title that he kept starting and he kept getting assists, crazy ending. and uh, played super well. And had I just kept him and got rid of Rabo, I would be up about twenty points, and ten points would have ten points more. In fact, that is another regret. There, final game week of the season. I captain Sterling instead of Mane, even though I wanted to captain Mane you did. because I wanted to catch a mini league rival who I knew didn't have Sterling. And had I just went with my gut, I'd be ten points better off. I'd be ranked eighteen k. Um, yeah, well, that those are two mistakes. Fair enough. I've got some more, but you tell me some of yours. I will. I actually misunderstood the question. Oh, okay, <laughs> this yeah, is no. maybe why we should have discussed this before, but I'm glad we didn't. I misunderstood the question. I thought biggest disappointment was an actual player. Okay. That was the biggest disappointment this year in the FPL season. Okay, well, tell me yours and I'll try and take one up. Yeah, do. Um, oh, no, I have some of those then. I have some of those written down as well because I, I, I answered both questions just in case. Because you're super prepared. But yeah, you, you, go, you go for yours. Then. I will. So, I have three names down. I, don't, I didn't have three names for a lot of it, but I put three names down for my biggest disappointment in terms of FPL players this season. All right, can I try uh, and guess them? You can. I'm going to Did try and guess them. them? No. Nope. Okay. I'm going to try and guess them from your perspective. Go for it. Now, who is Jer like that? Do I'm it. going to say one of them is Sanchez. Sanchez is one of them. Okay. And I'm going to say another one might be Kevin De Bruyne. I feel like you looked at my team. No, I definitely yeah, didn't. Yeah, I definitely okay, didn't. Okay, yeah, yeah, now, okay. the last one, because both of these guys are on my list. Okay, okay, okay. Um, What's the last David one? David De Gea? No, no. no. Uh, no? Who was the last one? The last one was uh, Deli Ali. Oh, yeah. He was actually on mine. So my yeah. list here has Ali, De Gea, Sanchez... De Bruyne I also special mentions for Sessignon for uh, Fulham 
but more so because I thought he might prove to be yeah, that's a good more player. Like didn't live up to what he could be. Yeah, that's not a disappointment. I also listed Lukaku because yeah, Lukaku was thinking was in my thinking, and Pascal Gross is the last one. Fair enough. Uh, Gross is a yeah, he's the one I didn't really think of, but yeah, definitely was a bit of a disappointment this year. I think more so with how Hutton played the team. Maybe I'm not yeah. sure, but um, Ali and KDB they were my first two. Ali. I wrote my number one. If I was if I was to pick one player who's the biggest disappointment this season, it would be Ali. It was yeah. never an option. He was my first name. My first name was Ali. My second name was Kevin Nimbrough. Okay, let's high five that. High five, air high five. Uh, I decided to neglect Ali and KDB because I felt injuries curtailed their season a little well, bit. Well, KDB never got started because as did. soon as he started off, he just was injured. He was out and then you were always waiting for him to kind of come back and then he was injured again. And so. I think that's fair to say about Ali as well. Even though he did disappoint in the matches where he was present, I felt that it still put a kind of... Compared to who I actually picked, which was who you mentioned, Sanchez, mm. I felt Ali and KDB had more respectable decisions as to why they had a poor season. Sanchez had a poor hurt heart and decided to do fuck all this year and we know what he's capable of so him playing in a top six team not delivering for the whole season knowing what he can do at least Ali and Kevin De Bruyne I don't think Ali spells Ali wasn't that uh, injured this season was he I mean no, I think he, he was, was for the first for the first 16 or so game weeks I think he played most of those and then then I know he got injured and then he kind of came back what maybe he wasn't fully fit, and then he got injured. He hurt I, his arm and stuff. I had a look at it, and he he missed a lot of spells. Enough for mm-hmm. me to go compared to Sanchez. You're not as big at this. Well, Sanchez moment. did miss parts of the season, but it was Sanchez was just a lazy prick, and his head wasn't right. He just his heart's not in the jersey, so I mean, he which was care. devastating to me. You know, How as a man, in the jersey when you're getting like probably half a million pounds a week and. Well, I don't think it necessarily matters how much money you're getting. I know what you're saying, but like I think at the end of the day, it depends on the player, and I don't think his heart was ever in the fucking jersey, as you yeah. say. And I think his decision or his dece- his season, knowing what he was capable of, was far more disappointing than the likes of Ali and De Bruyne. Like De Bruyne, I think we can both agree it was injury. That, that was just disappointing yeah. that he wasn't an option. Exactly. He wasn't disappointing as a player. If you watch the FA Cup final, you'd see how fucking class he is. Well, he's he's came as a sub. He came on as a sub, and he won man of the match when they were already two 0 up. Did he win a man of the match? He won man of the match for like a 35 minute performance. That's bullshit. Yeah, well, he was absolutely class when he came on. Yeah, level. but after but the team were already were throwing yeah, everything. They were already beaten. Yeah, oh, I know. That's bullshit. It is, it is a bit. But Either way, um, I, I scrapped him. I was like, it's not fair. He deserves better. So than did that. Sanchez win it for you? Sanchez won it. I circled him. Uh, Ali was mine. If we're talking about individual players. Fair enough. I thought both of them very disappointing. I never expected Sanchez really at the start of the season. Did he start at about 10.5 or something like that? Yeah. I was like, uh, I never really expected him to be an option, but I thought maybe he could become an option. Whereas Ali, I thought, would always be an option at some stage this season and just constantly seemed to be like, no, he's not an option. No, you know, Ericsson not. and Son were the only uh, the, the two. And considering his price, they weren't... You awesome. were looking at like Spurs' uh, nice fixtures coming up and you're going, okay, yeah. maybe I can think outside the box a bit and I can go Ali. Not once did he... So happy I didn't. Yeah. Because he was somebody I was under consideration, but Son came into form at the right time and that's... You know, made it an easier choice in the end. I did, and I think even he didn't have the greatest seasons, but he had the the Korean yeah, Special spell, Olympics yeah. or whatever that was, and uh, <laughs> the fucking something where he was gone and post again post World Cup season. Yeah, he had the Hunger Games. He had the Hunger Games, so it was like you know fair enough for fucking son. But yeah, Ali Sanchez, I think they're both our picks this season for biggest disappointments, and I think they're fair. I completely misunderstood the biggest disappointments though. 
I yeah, was like You're the one who said it Yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was like Okay biggest disappointments Selling Trent mm. um, Getting Keenan in game week 20, uh, In game week 8 But I thought they came under Biggest mistake Okay well I'll, so I yeah, have I biggest can co- mistakes I can cover these I can cover these in biggest mistakes okay, I'll hold on to these for yeah, biggest mistakes I have a few of our biggest mistakes I have one Because I, I knew exactly where I fucked up Yeah One of the biggest Will we, will we, will we just go on straight on We that? might as well Come on we tell me your well biggest mistake. mistake So my biggest mistake this season And I have one word written down here And it's Lingard uh, it what? was yeah Lingard. So did game, you have Lingard? I oh, had, you did. I went around Christmas. Around Christmas, when Ole took at when he took over the wheel, as the, <laughs> as the common parlance says, um, I decided that Lingard had started a shit ton of games up front. He was playing ninety minutes, and I'm going to go with Lingard as a head. I think he covers, for, and he's playing in the middle. Do you know, he was playing in the middle yeah. for a while, so I was like, he's going to cover Rashford, he's going to cover Pogba. I'm taking a little bit of a fucking gamble. Fuck it, I'm going Lingard. Yeah. And it the, the time it took me to get onto Pogba and Rashford, and the changes it took me to do that, fucked me so much. Like, to see, that was the week I went top. Yeah. That's, I completely had forgotten about that. And I remember at the time thinking, what's he getting Lingard in? I, it did smack of, uh, you're, you're overthinking this, Joe, here. When Pogba and Rashford were like the obvious the ones, ones yeah. um, I would have even been like, if you were taking a punt, take a punt on Martial. But you know what? I, I saw other people doing it as well. I think Andy uh, on Let's Talk FPL and the the Scoutcast, he was talking about Linger. He he always talks about Linger. Possibly, when he possibly. Um, so people were looking at him. I'm sure people got him in because he was looking good. And I think he there was that game. I believe it was Cardiff. He got two goals. So I think it was after that game it probably convinced that. you. That was what convinced me. I was so like, there was, you know what? There was an chance. argument for it, but then yeah, I don't know. Lingard's well, nothing I do doesn't have a goddamn fucking argument to it. Yeah. Do you know, like that's that's the irritating. Well, that will tell you then that you're making good decisions, but they don't always come off. They don't, and I mean that was my for me was my biggest disappointment as a Man United fan and an FBI manager. It was like, fuck, I got that wrong. I got that arseways, you know. I mean, so yeah. that was my biggest disappointment this season and my biggest mistake. If we're looking at it in that sense, right, where you're talking about um, biggest mistakes and players you're getting in that you probably shouldn't have got in, hmm? I can look through my team and go, you know what? Most of my transfers in are fairly freaking solid, um, and the one I've mentioned there, I mentioned already, was um, getting in Mitrovic. And Bennett in that yeah. game week six transfer, double transfer, didn't cost me anything in hits because I had the two free transfers. Um, I was weighing it up. I remember actually saying it on Twitter at the time. This is a really, this could be a really important one to get right because I'm going to have these guys now for a good few weeks. Uh, Bennett and Mitrovic or Wilson and Doherty. And we didn't know how good Doherty was going to become. He looked good, but we're like, could he be, could he keep that up? Was he nailed? Blah, blah, blah. Um, Bennett starting every week he's cheaper way into it and just Mitrovic just had started the season better than Wilson at that point and we knew Fulham were really attacking I didn't know they were going to sack their manager so soon and they would turn to shite they're actually better under Jovanovic as an attacking outlet uh, Claudio Ranieri came in and even when he came in then I was like Look, there could be a new manager bounce nothing yeah. happened and Wilson just went off and he got he went on a complete run so yeah. that's what that was my biggest mistake of the season but most of my mistakes have actually been transferring out players and not giving them enough patience so you, I'm sure you'll throw that into your lessons learned and no we're not going to segue into lessons learned <laughs> we're going to rewind a lot back a little bit we've talked about our biggest mistakes our biggest disappointments mm-hmm. but our FBL team of the season I know we both have the same team because uh, it's 
it was basically Man City or Liverpool. You know, it was like, what do you think was the best team this season, FPL wise? Yeah, Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool. Yeah, it was yeah. simple. There wasn't much of a decision in my brain there. Simple one. Um, you know, they had the options. They had one, two. They they had what? They had Salah, Mane, Robertson. I think they had like. Am I right in saying they had five of the top eight players in? Uh, the overall total points this season I don't know if you're right with that but you're oh, no, right no. in the fact that their fucking three defenders were the top three and that's not including their midfielder Salah yeah. who was the top scoring FPL player exactly of, um, yeah of all. Mane who also tied him for golden boot and fucking Allison, who was uh, top goal uh, keeper yeah you know so crazy yeah there was a shit ton and uh, I think it's fair to say I don't, we don't have to think about it too much but Liverpool are going to be Easily up in the top, uh, the top teams next season. Yeah. From an FPL point of view, you had a million options with Liverpool. With Man City, you had a few. Yeah. Yeah. So and with Man City, you had like a little bit of doubt at the start of the season with defense. Like I didn't expect Otamendi to be completely blanked this year. No, I thought he'd get in. I thought it might be him and Laporte. Mm. Um, but it seemed to be Laporte and Stones, and then Laporte and company, and sometimes Otamendi got in. But yeah. Yeah, so uh, I mean, I'm sure for a few people out there, maybe Ahmedi is a big disappointment. But yeah, Liverpool were FPL team of the season and player of the year, Seamus. That's the big one. Who are you giving that FPL hangover gone to? I'm giving it to a Scotsman. Oh, shit. That was my uh, Scottish attempt. It was not bad. Yeah. yeah. Now, you're William think- Wallace. now you're thinking to yourself, is it Fraser? Or is it that man, Andy Robertson? And it is the latter. It is Andrew Robertson. Oh, I actually thought Esquire. it was Fraser. Did you? Yeah, yeah no, it's Robertson. It has yeah. to be Robertson. In my game, in my team, the entire season, the only time he wasn't in there was that free hit chip that week. But uh, he was never transferred out of my team. I never had to transfer him back in. So, uh, yeah, Robertson. Top, uh, top scoring FPL defender of all time. Mm-hmm. And uh, an amazing season. 12 assists. Didn't score this season. 12 assists. So many double-digit hauls, you can't even count them. Probably need two hands. Um, <laughs> most people, yeah, would need two hands. <laughs> yeah, most people need two hands. But Unless yeah, you're from, he was just he was just yeah. class this year. What do you have? Two hundred and thirteen points. Is that what I'm reading? Two hundred thirty points. But the thing with Robertson is Van Dyke, two hundred eight points, five points less. Van Dyke was look. Van Dyke was immense as well. Best centre back in the league. Yeah. And uh, I, we've anyone who's listened to this regularly would probably know that I fucked up with the Robertson thing. I jumped off Robertson for Trent. I had all three of the cunts uh, in my team this season. Yeah. Trent, Robertson, and uh, uh, Van Dyke. And I jumped off of Robertson for Trent uh, in the hopes that like I could save a million and invest that somewhere else. That went horribly, <laughs> he was horribly immediately wrong. Immediately re- rotated and dropped. So for close to biggest Gomez. mistake of the season. So close. The only thing, only only reason I didn't have him as big as a mistake this season was the fact that I got Van Dyke in yeah. pretty much two, three weeks after. And, and that's that's the that's the best thing to do when you realize you've made a mistake, fix that mistake straight away. And you went with Van Dyke, and Van Dyke probably actually outscored Robertson over the final. What week did you do that in? Oh, like Ten? I got him in game week. Like no, it was like game week five or six. Like when I was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But like so over the last not. thirty-two weeks, Van Dyke probably technically outscored Robertson because Robertson had an amazing start to the season where he probably outscored Van Dijk by maybe 20 points when he was like in attacking returns in like yeah. every fucking game he was playing so the fact that they ended up so close together in points probably means Van Dijk probably outscored him in maybe, the time maybe and if he didn't he came fucking close you yeah. know he was, I mean? he was so, immense as well so he's your player of the year is no that what you're he's saying? not my player of the year why the fuck are you talking about him so? he's your motherfucking <laughs> player of the year 
So I'm talking about him and going, I completely agree with you. He is a I contender. Thought, I thought Van Dyke was your player of the year, the way you were going on. No, my, my player of the year was someone who I also didn't capitalize enough on. And uh, someone who I think uh, deserves a special mention for just his general output this season. That was Sadio Mane. Oh, Sadio Mane. Yeah, okay. Sadio Mane is my player of the year. Someone, as I said, I was a Salaman all season. Didn't He was my ever-present. I didn't get yeah. rid of him all year. Uh, and I don't regret it. But I do regret not having Mane at a lot of times, especially like you had doubled up on Mane and Saleh at a couple of points this season, uh, or particularly at the start of the season where you had the two of them, and I was like, well, mm. that's obviously what you need to do. And I just think the fact that Mane came in at 9.5 had that massive question hanging over him of whether he could uh, outdo Saleh or, or at least justify the difference in price to yeah. fucking 4 million. That's a massive, that's a defender. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that's a whole player. That's a, a Peltier. Yeah. Uh, a shit player, but a, a shit player. player. But a player nonetheless. <laughs> uh, can he justify that? And he fucking did. You yeah, know, no, it was I, I, as that. He was amazing. Um, only a few points off of, like, within 10 points of Hazard and Sterling. And mm-hmm. you don't consider Mane to be in that bracket. No. You, tend, you tend to think of him in the bracket just below, in the kind of Ericsson kind of range, in the Ali kind of range. Uh, but yeah, he was amazing this season. I'm surprised you went with that because I didn't think you had him that much this I season. I didn't. How I didn't. many weeks? Do you know how? Uh, I didn't look at how, much, you, how many weeks I had him, but I just know that, like, look at the end of the day, if you've got to pick your player, FPL player of the season, it shouldn't matter where you had him in that much. You can still no, acknowledge. No, no, no. And I just went, no, he had, I think, the best season for what was expected for his price. Yeah. And uh, the fact that he came out of a golden boot, I was like, you're getting my fucking FPL player of the year. Yeah. And there was lots of good players there this year. The, like, so, I mean, you, I, I didn't think you were going to go with Manny I thought you might go with like Jimenez or something like that I thought Jimenez you might go Jimenez was up there you know I mean there's a lot of players up there but I mean so many. it's a it's a wordy award that I'm sure Manny an FPL player are dying to get what will Jer's team of the season be I don't know yeah. and they Manny. don't know but you surprised me Jer I thought I knew you yeah well you know that's how you keep a relationship fresh Seamus yes. you know just keep keep putting on different sex costumes um, getting to the fun stuff Okay. Getting to the fun stuff. Yeah. Power couple. Best duo. Whatever you want to fucking call them. Batman and Robin. Who was it for you? You actually had a bit of confusion with this question. You started screaming at me. I'm just <laughs> going to pick Silent Hazard down. It took a few messages to, to figure out what you meant by power couple. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the, the, the two names that you feared. There was a few yeah. this season. Fraser no. and Wilson. Fraser and Wilson I went with the opposite I went Doherty and Jimenez did you? I did yeah. yeah that's because you didn't have Doherty and you, there was a while you didn't have Jimenez until you got him in I didn't have Fraser either <laughs> yeah oh you didn't have Fraser no, I don't know yeah. so yeah why do I just think no uh, Doherty I mean Fraser and Wilson anytime one scores you knew the other assisted almost it was just they, they were combining really well they were the only bright or Bournemouth coverage you needed whereas you could cover other things I thought in Wolves I just thought they were a bit more it was a bit more about those two boys I don't think you could cover other things in Wolves compared like you definitely couldn't cover him in his uh, you could have had Jota no, in the second Jota, half of the season second half but the whole season no. you couldn't cover him no, no. and uh, you me. definitely could have maybe like like no I mean I'm with you I, I did pause like my obviously my second pick was Fraser and Wilson and my and second I, pick was the yeah, two boys exactly there. I did briefly consider uh, Lacazette and Aubameyang yeah I just think the two like Arsenal were just a shit show this year and uh, in terms of FPL wise you just couldn't fucking depend on them they were the only two I uh, considered I, interesting fact I was looking through this uh, yesterday or last night or whatever it was um, 
no single, no defender or no midfielder for Arsenal scored over 100 points. In fact, the only players to score over 100 points, uh, FPL points this season, in the Arsenal team, Lacazette, Aubameyang, and Leno just squeezed over there in the end as well. Mm-mm-mm. Leno, yeah. my man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you had him. Got less points than Game Thirty Eight and Brian. Brilliant. Yeah, but that's uh, like, isn't that an amazing statistic? That's why Fraser went to Arsenal next year. That'd be that could be cool. I got another amazing statistic that I'll, I'll throw at you. I don't even know if it counts as a statistic, but it counts as something that I wrote down. Okay. And I will throw it at you as we move on through the questions. But yeah, um, they were my power duo of the season. I shitted the bed every time I looked at the Wolves score yeah, I was no. like, just don't be darty don't be darty and, and uh, uh, yeah I was the same um, every time Fraser did something like, yes he got an assist I bet you that don't be cunt Wilson. Wilson scored yeah Wilson goal. and yeah that was kind of covering it but yeah. yeah there's not too many honourable mentions either I think it's a bit of a niche uh, a niche subcategory in terms of FPS season but it's a fun one to look at you know because it's one that you just kind of you don't think about too much because there's not much you can do there's no direct action you can take on that uh, in terms of like you know, you no more than you ever could. You could, you, know? you could go with like, um, what's him, Trent and Manny. They had a really good understanding towards the end of the season. Every cross Trent was putting in, Manny was finishing at one stage. So yeah, there's no. a few out there. There's there 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 are there are, and uh, moving on again to another fun one. And this is one I don't know if you had thought about too much, but best bandwagon followed by worst bandwagon oh geez, I never actually did the best bandwagon I only okay. did worst bandwagon so I'll tell you my worst bandwagon okay. and you can give me both of yours and then I'll try and think of a best I will. bandwagon I will. as quick as I can no you won't even need to worst bandwagon for me had to be the Walcott bandwagon Ooh, interesting in game week 4 um, the man had like 780 net transfers in 780,000 net transfers oh, I should okay. clarify 737 uh, 984 that yeah. was the, that's the exact score because I wrote the same thing though. and he's not even my uh, pick yeah he, but like <laughs> crazy isn't he it? had yeah because he, he had started off okay but it was that facilitated by people having to get rid of Richardson I had watched a few matches today so I hadn't really watched an Everton match but I'd seen a few matches today where Walcott had looked really good and I had been talking about him but this I just only wasn't convinced I was like man I'm just going to keep Richardson Everyone went for Walcott. The I'm first one of them. big bandwagon of the season. You went for him. I was that guy. And what yeah. did he do? He had one assist in his next four games. Yeah, he and, got uh, subbed on fifty-six minutes that yeah. game week four. He blanked uh, three. Yeah, he blanked. Oh, he didn't even play a full he fifty-six season. minutes. So he uh, blanked three game weeks in a row. Finally got an assist after four game weeks, and then went another five games blanking again. Well, I'll tell you this, and uh, hopefully it makes it seem a little less harsh. Of the 730 fucking 7,000 that got uh, Walcott in that week, yeah, 325,000 got him out the week after. <laughs> that tells you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know That's what I mean? people realising. They went, yeah. fuck. At least recognise you wild made a mistake. Wildcard, wildcard. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you didn't go for Walcott? No, I didn't. I went with the one who I didn't get affected I, I, I'm... I'm struggling to see who you wanna, who's going to beat Walcott now. Really? Walcott surely has to be a big one. Walcott's There's a couple there. I thought of. There's so one, let's see which one you went with. Well, you definitely went with. Or you definitely thought of Ross Barkley. Yes. Yes. Is that Ross, who you went with? That's who I went with, Ross Barkley. Okay. Because the Walcott decision, I made it, so you know straight away it was completely legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> so you can fucking chalk it down that that was a valid decision, bitches. He got the fucking assist a week before, <laughs> plays the opposite side of the field to Richardson. I got Richardson in for the matches that Walcott was about to play. So it was like. 
fuck it, I'm going walk. That has to be your biggest mistake of the season, transferring in no. Richarlison for his record. Because I, I rectified... Oh, yeah, well, yeah, that's... I'm not uh, going to justify fucking God's, uh, you know, shitting on me as a biggest mistake, but it was up there. The, the yeah, Richarlison... Yeah. That was Bring funny. them in after gave funny. me three to see him straight away get a red card was pretty sickening. Yeah, it's something worse than transferring player in and then having to transfer him out oh, the following week. That was horrible. But no, I went with Barkley. Uh, Barkley... Barkley, Barkley, uh, game week 11, 450,000 people got him in. Yep. That's insane. That's crazy. For a guy who's not a nail starter. Oh my God. This one, And I laughed at it looking at the, the community. It was good. Yeah. No, that's mad. This one was way more obvious watching it. The, the, the reason I get, okay, so this one, yeah. You I can guess, see why I picked Barkley. I can see why Walcott. you picked it because you can see what the reasons behind Walcott. Bit of form, certain player. They spent big money on him at the time. He looks nailed on. Barkley never looked nailed on. No. The reason I didn't choose Barkley was he had scored three games in a row before that and he was super cheap. He was like, I think five he was about 5.5. 5. 5. 5. Um, so, I mean, the thing about that is he had a big bandwagon in game week 11, but if you got on in game week 10, you know, you got points. You know, if maybe if you got on in game week 9, you'd have got points. You shouldn't have been getting on in yeah, game week 9 or game week <laughs> yeah. fucking 10. But once you miss it, you know you missed it. He's yeah. not going to score four game weeks in a row. So game week 11 to me, I was like, lads, fuck right off. Half a million people transferring in a player who's not guaranteed to start in a team whose midfield is pretty fucking fluid. Let me ask you so, because I, I think those are the two best picks. Yeah. And Barkley was the one I was considering, but I now I'll go at Walcott. So I can see. I'm glad we, we have different picks because we can argue the merits of both. Did you consider Duffy as or Dunk? Choice. No, as a best worst or worst bandwagon for the game week, the double game weeks that were coming up. No. Game week 34 and. Uh, 35 no I didn't the consider the huge amount of people that decided to go double Brighton double defense. Brighton I don't think the double Brighton defence was a terrible bandwagon I think the double Brighton defence captaining Duffy was a terrible bandwagon yeah that's yes. that's and you did that yeah you that's what I mean that's, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see I don't think it was a terrible bandwagon I thought it had great logic behind oh, no. it but yeah, captain. A I turned out to, to be a bandwagon but yeah captain I get where you're coming from but captaining a, a defender for me like captaining a fucking centre back do you know what I mean it's a like a goal scoring oh, centre back out of man here. scores tons of goals do you know goals. the first player I ever captained in fucking FPL was Rio Ferdinand because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing <laughs> do you know what I mean and I yeah. realised pretty soon after you don't captain a centre back yeah and uh, you'd captain me, Trent though yeah he would yeah because he plays almost as a fucking winger but you know but I mean like in general looking back at that I was very surprised but I I tripled up on Brighton defence that week those those weeks and you doubled up and tripled and captained yeah so So I mean like essentially a triple up yeah yeah exactly so I'm not like fucking shitting on the idea behind Brighton because I think it was a logical idea but captain and a fucking Brighton defender, it's like, oh, that's almost. But that is a ba- that, that is a bandwagon and stuff. So you think, uh, you, but you think Barkley's worse than the triple captain? Yeah. Uh, the not the triple captain, but the captaining of. Dublin. For sure. For yeah, sure. I think because so too. you can avoid the Barkley thing. Like that's basic. Look, you shouldn't be picking a player that's not uh, guaranteed minutes. And at that point, Duffy had more goals than yeah, Walcott Duffy, anyway. yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot easier to look at a player after 32 game weeks or 30 odd game weeks and go this is what he's delivered than it was at, uh, with Barkley at the time maybe people were just kind of trying to get on you know get on early he's going to be nailed they're going to who's he going to replace do you know what I mean like they, yeah. they like Kavicic fucking Jorginho Kante 
nah, nah, nah. It was a fucking poor decision. Wait that shit out. So for me, that was the worst bandwagon of the season. Best bandwagon. Now, I know you haven't picked this. Uh, and mine isn't going to be too long. It's basically the reverse of my worst mistake, which was not going with Pogben Rashford. But I think getting on the Ole bandwagon, like when he took over as manager at United, Mourinho left. Oh, yeah. Jumping on him then with Martial, with Rashford, with, yeah. with Pogba. That was probably the best bandwagon of the season. Like, as in, that was the right decision. Yeah. Or yeah, that's a brilliant one. Yeah. Um, if I, I'm because I haven't picked one, I want to pick that now. So yeah. who, who are you picking, Pogba or? Well, I'm just picking like the idea behind it, the ideology yeah. behind I getting would, behind United. Like, I'm not stuck on going for, one or the other. Going probably for Pogba. Pogba. Yeah, going for Pogba early uh, or any time. You didn't even have to be early. You could have missed two or three game weeks. Yeah, and you would have still got lots of points. I got, I got on, on Rashford and Pogba. Like I said, we yeah. talked with the Lingard thing. I got on him. I still got shit tons of points off him. Yeah, I got so on I Pogba fuck. very early. I think the first game I had him was that Newcastle game. We scored two goals. Um, I also had Rashford but I think it was like a week later or something like that uh, and I got plenty of points off those guys I also think if you got on Sun bandwagon early you had been laughing uh, if you got on it later after Christmas when you came back from the Asian Games not so much but if you got it before Christmas you were laughing at that you were bandwagon. laughing with Sun with the double game week after you came back from the fucking because uh, he did have a couple of weeks where he was like oh this cunt's just picking right up from where he started or where uh, he left off it looked like that but he never really got going I had him for that point and yeah. he actually kind of ruined a lot of the goodwill that he'd earned for me before I think I'm focusing on like a specific couple of game weeks but yeah. you're right like it did wither out very very fast as an owner I can tell you it probably looked like he was still doing bits but he wasn't really you were yeah, maybe not um, but moving on to the next question and this was what the couple of ones you threw at me player regret yeah. a player that you regret not having this season now I know you're excited to talk about this one no, this is one I'm excited to hear from you from because I had I pretty much I was looking through this I pretty much owned everyone at some stage during the season. There's mm. very few I had, so I'll throw out the, the the few that I came up with. Um, go for it. Uh, Diego Yata or Jota or Yata. We'll go with Yata. We're not animals. He was uh, second half of the season. He was somebody I was constantly looking at, but never picked up. And rivals Harsh. had him, and they were picking up points. Yeah, it was hard to have him uh, yeah. in terms of like. There was there was players similarly priced in that position that could take your justification of the way, especially the likes yeah. of double game weeks. You had your David Silva's, your Bernardo Silva's that were all around that price point, and it was actually one of the double game weeks where Jota came in big time for Wolves. But even Jota is like Which David Silva's. David Silva's around eight point five, and Jota was always around the six million mark. So there is yeah, a bit six point five. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, so I had Jota down there. I also gave honorable mentions to Jared Delapeu. Okay. Um, because he was somebody I constantly seemed to be like I want to get him in it's like no no as soon as I get him in he'll go he'll go quiet and he had some quiet weeks but he was always ticking over points and uh, the other one I never had was Sigurdsson who was a finally f- named one of mine yeah, yeah who was a player that just was getting points yeah you know maybe he might be quiet for a few games and he'd pop up with a 12 pointer you know he was somebody I can't believe I never got yeah. considering I had with Charleston. No, I completely, I completely agree with you. Sigurdsson, I listed three players. Aubameyang. Oh, you never it's, had Aubameyang? No, See, I, I never had, had Aubameyang. Him. Yeah, you yeah. did. Uh, I never had him. And ha- never having a player who got the golden boot yeah. is something you should note. Definitely. I don't regret it, to be honest with you. I look back, I mean, there are periods like at the start of the season if I had gone with Aubameyang and Aguero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, I'd be racking up the points because Aubameyang got a shit ton, but I never went, oh, I need him. You stayed very loyal to Aguero. 
Yeah. Apart from the time he was injured and he went for Kane, really, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, which most people did. Yeah, no, I did. I said very loyal to Aguero and Salah. That was my, my thing this season. And I don't feel it stung me a whole lot. Uh, it was other things that did. But uh, Bamiyang not having him was one. Mm-hmm. David Luiz was another one. Because I think one, for yeah. his price... And the double digits he got. And there was a couple of people, if you look at like James from F- uh, Planet FPL, mm-hmm. he had Luis and he had him from the start of the season. Yeah. And I was going like, you know what, that's not a bad fucking pick. He was in my brain. If you, know, you like, miss anyway. Alonso's first four games of the season, Luis would have been much better coverage. Exactly. Because he was actually getting goals. Like Alonso didn't do anything, well, did very, very little between game week, yeah. let's say, seven or something like that to game week 13. Yeah. And when you have a player at like 5.5, like Luis was, in a top six team, it's it's not hard to just keep him in your team all season. No. It's like, you're just going to play him. He's going to do shit all season. And mm-hmm. uh, David Luiz didn't disappoint it. He had a really good season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he, he's up there in the top two. But the one I gave it to is, is the same as yourself. I give it to Sigurdsson. The one I was most uh, disappointed for not having in my team was, uh, yeah, Siggy Stardust. You can look back in it now and kind of go, damn it. That's an obvious one. Why didn't I have that? Well, see, I don't think it's that obvious because he's he this season he didn't he wasn't this powerhouse or this talisman. Yeah. He was this constantly taking over, and Everton. It's worth remembering went through some serious fucking low. They did. Low they did. Boils. Do you know what I mean? We both like we might have had Sigerson, but we had Richarlison. We had fucking yeah. Dean, you had Dean yet. Do you get I me? Mean? Like we mm-hmm. had these players that weren't delivering. So. I these don't are the reasons why like this I that's exactly probably why I didn't end up going for him. But I look back at it now kinda of going, Yeah, Sigerson, how did I not think of that? It feels obvious now that I was like, Well of course he's a good pick, but he just was never somebody I really strongly considered. Hundred percent agree with you, hundred percent agree with you. Uh we did our game week ones. Uh my note is worth mentioning they're a good fucking team. It was. Uh but our last one and it's probably the most uh, absurd one that we're going to do tonight, and that's our stable boy. What player are we going to bring into our stable boy? Now, for anyone who isn't familiar, stable boys are our own personal picks of FPL royalty that can never have won a Premier League. Uh, they can never have won a Champions League. Um, they're probably be more parameters as we go along but yeah. right now we've got the likes of Clint Dempsey Breida Hangland in our, in, our, in our stables I think I feel like we should I don't know go for it say it out loud uh, I look, let me see who you're no, picking no you're not looking like that. I feel like I mean based on the current criteria Mo Salah can be a stable boy you know? uh, yeah he can if you want to tarnish your but stable I think considering there's a Europa uh, uh, sorry a uh, Champions League final still to play mm-hmm. and he could very well be a Champions League winner at the end of, um, I think we should admit Liverpool I we, wouldn't worry about it because I'm also thinking of basically installing a rule where he has to have had at least five FPL seasons yeah okay that's you a good get me where it's like five not, FPL seasons without winning a league well I was going to say as well like that because that would rule out somebody who I did strongly consider which which was Robertson mm-hmm. I know he's had an amazing season this year Yeah. Um, but he had a great season last year too I take I, I take great care in in the in the parameters of the stable boy, Seamus. Okay. And as much as you'd like to put Salah in there, that would defame the whole thing. Well, okay, I'll tell you who I'm um, who I'm going for. Well, your nomination, my, no- dus- my nomination, Duck D is. Well, it has to be agreed upon by yourself, and uh, you might reject this. Okay. You might reject this. Very possible um, if you're saying that. I think <laughs> I'm gonna just check to see has he played five seasons. Because this is the new rule that I was not aware of. You've, okay. 
It's only his third season. Uh, I think Ryan Fraser deserves to be a stable boy. Oh, no, 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 no. After the season he's after having 181 points. It's not about this season. It's about consistency. Playing with a lower half Premier League team. No, no. Yeah, you're right. I have a problem with this. He is banished. What? From this year's stable boys. He's not in there. He has to have at least consistency over multiple seasons. Now, five I pulled off the top of my head tonight. Fair enough. But, like, Ryan Fraser isn't even a name until this game, till this season. He was there last year, but he was... He wasn't a name, though. He was a simmering one. He was one that yeah. was like, you know, he no. could be a good prospect. But after the season, he had... I mean, Charlie Austin... Not Charlie Austin. Charlie Adams uh, really only had one good season uh, in FPL. Mm-hmm. And he is one... He is somebody I would consider stable boy material. You've heard it here, folks. Seamus's new inductee. <laughs> no, fair enough. Put him in there. He is completely legitimate because he's someone that you wanted in your team. Ryan Fraser, nah, fuck that. Like he has to earn his stripes. That like what's he called? The pocket rocket. He ain't fucking. Uh, okay, hang on. So is Charlie Adam in our stable boys already? I don't think so. It's just Breda Hangland and Clint Dempsey. Is that it? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going nice. to nominate Charlie Adams, so... Boom! Live, on-air nomination. Yeah. Charlie Adams, Seamus, he is your stable boy for the 2018-2019 season. Has he been approved? He's been approved. Charlie He's Adam. in there. Charlie Adams. Boom! It was, it was a bit worrisome there for me. I, I was terrified. I was like, What's he, what are you going to fucking pick now? I knew you'd reject him too, you prick. Why would you even think he's acceptable? You're not grasping the concept <sighs> of stable boys. definitely going to be... Okay, maybe next year is his year. He still only have four seasons. Like, even if he has an amazing... You just, you just said you pulled five out of your arse. I did. So we're going to have to come back and revisit okay. this. So we well, won't get bogged down in he now. will definitely be a stable boy. Fair enough. But too early is what you're saying. I accept that. Charlie Adam. Charlie Adam. He's in there. And congratulations to you, Sir Adam. Uh, moving on to my stable boy pick. And I hope you're not going to give I'm me shit about I'm this. definitely going to veto this. For it. <laughs> Gilfie Sigerson. You're welcome. He is a man who has stood the test of time. He has gone through Swansea, Spurs, Reading, Everton, probably more teams. Never won a goddamn medal. I didn't have him in my FPL team this season. And we talked about him when we looked at maybe mistakes we made. And that's when I realized, I was like, this motherfucker is a stable boy. I was like... He is there. He's fucking... Every season, he does his free kicks. He does his corners. You know what you're getting. You're getting a bit of Gilfie. And I'm getting a bit of Gilfie in my stable. There is no way I can argue against Gilfie Sigurds. He is classic stable boy material. How he is not the poster boy for the stable boys already, I don't know. I'm not sure either. As in, this is literally two hours old. But yeah. maybe going forward, he might be the poster boy. Especially because Clint Dempsey is uh, done. <laughs> we don't know where... Most people won't even know who fucking... Clint Dempsey is now yeah. but to us he meant something and I think the contemporary modern day Clint Dempsey is Kilfie Sigurds I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of like a way I can call this like you know working Bullshit. at no call it like uh, fact, you know factoring like a, a story of fire and ice you know with Sigurdsson sorry fryer and ice Charlie Adam looks or looks like a fryer this, no? is, this is going downhill fast okay, we'll um, but you said this you wanted to finish up on this uh I would like to ask you I don't know you maybe you didn't prepare this uh, is that what would you consider highlights one highlight and one low light from your season so far what is the one part this season you can think of where like that was an amazing week 
that was you know I mean I can tell you some of mine I've got a list of oh, them oh yeah here. I'm sure you do but I'll just, uh, ma- I just <laughs> ma- I'll just mention one just to get the juices flowing obviously give okay? me an idea what you mean is it mine was definitely that Sterling Hattrick in game week 30 yeah. where he got 42 points against Watford because if it wasn't for that I was going to have a shocker of a game week and you just banged in a hat-trick out of nowhere. I mean, we all had the Aguero hat-trick in game week two, but yeah, that particular hat-trick in game week 30 really felt like it was starting to turn my season around. No, I hadn't prepared this, so this is coming off the top of my head. Good, so I'm not gonna, honest. It is honest. And uh, it's not, as I said, I don't know the actual game week it was in, but Salah delivering a hat-trick against Bournemouth yeah. after you got rid of him. Mm-hmm. That was definitely how I See, I thought you were going to say go on top of Christmas Day. No, mini league. No, that meant nothing. That was only like <laughs> that was only like a week after that, or a week or so after that. Uh, yeah, actually. I didn't think about it. Me going top Christmas Day. I think that was game week eighteen. It was. It was game week eighteen. Um, it was literally pretty much the halfway point of the season where it was like, Noink, I'm taking this for a week. Yeah. You're not allowed to have an invincible season, which we're yet to have in terms of our our mini league and our tiger league um, we're yet to have an invincible season and you lost on it this week this season by one week uh, probably yeah. almost scientifically I didn't even thought of closer. that being a thing before because yeah. usually there's some random or top for the first week or two exactly uh, where I didn't think of it as a possibility either but uh, the fact that I could remove that was definitely up there with my highlights my personal highlights of the season but um, no I think Salah lowlights lowlights I talked about my lowlights uh, the Lingard decision was by far and above my yeah that was just a fuck I made a balls up there uh, I mean obviously we also talked about a, my Richarlison to Walcott move so that's there too um, but like for me the not recognising the Rashford Pogba power um, the, the the power between the two of them and yeah. FPL wise that was that cost me a lot of points and the fact that they were my own team as well that to get an extra bit of sting in that yeah so uh, no that was my biggest mistake of the season. fair enough I think I've already discussed my uh, my biggest mistakes the there yeah. selling selling Trent uh, selling Dean at that time uh, for Pereira and then selling Pereira and both of those guys just um, coming in with the points as soon as I sold them so yeah. not being patient with uh, my defender seems to be my Achilles heel of the season that's fair enough and you know what I had a couple of questions there that I wanted to ask you about going forward and and what 2019-2020 holds for us. Mm-hmm. But we've done about an hour and 25 fucking minutes so far. Yeah, and I think long. yeah, anyone who's managed to stick with us this far, uh fair fucks to you. Yeah. Uh, especially if you've done it for 41 goddamn episodes is you know I give you my deepest fucking uh, gratitude thank you a lot I was going to say sympathies sympathies <laughs> well that too fair fucks like I don't know what is wrong in your brain but uh, you're still there and um, they're one of us they're one of us uh, so we're going to wrap it up here I'm going to save yeah. these questions Seamus for season 2 FBL hangover fucking back with a vengeance yeah we're going to have to uh, yeah we're going to have to do a lot of groundwork for start season and you know what just having this like what has it been a week no it's only been two weeks off is it since the final game of the season this would be about a week and a half yeah. about a week and a half when we're recording this I was dying for the season to finish but now a week and a half later I am mad for the season to start again I just I, the best part of the season is always when they launch the game and you have weeks to play with your team and tinker and you've got basically got like a one month wildcard exactly you're going like what can I do uh, do a bit of research on your fucking the promoted teams they're always the best things yeah. to do is get straight in there look at where you're fucking save some money and uh, yeah I'm yeah. looking forward to fucking 
Like, because I don't think we... We did one episode at the start of the season. Yeah, we didn't get a proper season review. We kind of did... No preseason, man. Uh, yeah, we didn't do a preseason. <laughs> yeah, we just did one before the start of the season, was it? And then that was it. We're straight into it. We're we each were week there every reviewing. week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think this season we'll get a couple in before the start of the season. Yeah. Kind of our tips. Lube we're looking up. at, what we like, what we're thinking about formations, mm-hmm. new signings, promoted teams, things like that. No, completely. And while, while you're waiting for those, that lubrication from the FPL hangover, mm-hmm. we're going to do a special promo merchandise for that as well, FPL lube. Oh, where are we? FPL hangover lube, which actually now that I say it out loud, it sounds pretty disgusting. We'll discuss yeah. it with the stable guys. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but we will wrap it up there. Um, again, I want to thank everyone that's listened to us this season. Um, I hope you come back next year and we will not be dead throughout the summer. There will be spurts of life from us. Listen out. You can reach us on FBL Hangover on Twitter. You can also send us an email at fblhangover at gmail.com. I want to wish you all a very enjoyable summer holidays. I hope you don't get melanoma. And uh, yeah, just enjoy the sun. Yeah, and I can't say anything about arrows or green. No, you can't. So guys, uh, we'll just leave it at. Thanks for joining us this season on the FBL Hangover. Enjoy your summer, and we'll catch you next season, guys. God bless. Later.